on this week's episode, Hawkeye gets a not-so-surprising visitor. Time to retell a West Side story. And do we have the power of the dog? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those are impressive jazz of size moves, man. Absolutely. One, two, five, five star, five star, five star. (laughs) Yes, five star, star. And if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Vampires, and Vitae. Got to get your fangs ready for that one. Is that those are your fangs? Yes. I yes, that was. Fangs. I thought that was a beard. No, no. So fangs trying to fangs. sink deep into the neck of my next victim. What an event to suck your blood. Brrr. We yes. never sound like that. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure that's why I've not been invited to. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I can do good voices. Though, I swear. I you swear. can. You can. I know. I've heard some. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. But if you can support any of these great causes, plus go ahead and also support us at popculturecosmos.com and everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, because we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, including the awesome Vampires and Vitae. Plus, we've got games almost all week long. In fact, the weekend is covered with DM Mitch. Rogers got you on Monday. Then you've got Rom on Tuesday, Melinda on Wednesday. So if you can support any of these great causes, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is our own mistress of the universe when it comes to vampires and Vitae, warlocks and whiskey, wizards and wine, mm-hmm. all these great games you can find today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook or wherever you get your podcasts. It is my good friend. It is Linda Barkhouse Dash Ross. I got yes. the Dash Ross in there. Yeah, there. it's okay. There, there was a reason for the hyphenation, and that was largely it. Barkhouse Ross. They're both they they both work, so you're fine. Okay, it is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. Yes. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. Have you started uh, Christmas mean, shopping? December, yet? busy, busy, busy. Holiday shopping, doing that final mm-hmm. gift giving. Signing out all those Christmas cards and you know, sending it out there, getting stamps on there and sending it out to everyone out there just to show that we actually know that they exist on this planet and remind them, hey, once a year, we send it out to you. Have all you right. Any- we know you exist out there. All right. Looks good. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays and all that good stuff. So, yes, 
Busy, busy week indeed, but I'll tell you what, it's still a good time for pop culture. I know a lot of lists have started to pump up for the best of 2021, so I know that they're out there. I know we'll be doing here in a not-too-distant future our best of 2021, so look forward to that. I know I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Melinda, we're going to get together at some point in time as far as and talk about exactly how we want to structure it over the next maybe two, three weeks. We'll see what happens there, but it is the best of 2021. It's coming to Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm going to do the same with Josh as well. I also want to mention that if you're listening to this on the podcast and radio outlets, you can check out the results, if you missed it, of the Game Awards. We'll have a link to the award winners that comes up on Thursday night. So you want to go ahead and check that out on the best of the best. I'm not, well, you know, we had that discussion on Monday. Are they truly the best of the best that's out there that's being represented? We talked about that on a Monday, but you'll know the winners of the Game Awards at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But it's going to be a great episode, Melinda. We've got a lot lined up for you. Just wanted to go ahead and talk about today the three movies that a lot of people are talking about this month that are not The Matrix Resurrections and Spider-Man No Way Home. That is West Side Story, which is coming out to theaters this weekend, The Power of the Dog. And don't look up because all three of these movies are, I guess, the next tier of hit movies that are coming out and already have come out. We'll go ahead and talk about that coming up on the show. Lost in Space, and just like that, Lost in Space just ended its run after three seasons, and just like that, that is the sequel to Sex in the City. We'll talk about that briefly on the back end of the show. Our series of good news for this month also wanted to go ahead and touch on Squid Game and its popularity. We'll talk about how Melinda and I may have jumped on the Squid Game bandwagon earlier than virtually everyone else. We'll talk about that on the back end of the show. How exciting. Yes, how exciting indeed. Plus, also as well, we've got Jess Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. He's going to be talking Hawkeye. He's going to be talking Spider-Man No Way Home, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. He's going to be talking about a lot of great things in the MCU, and that's coming up on the back half of the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Hawkeye Episode 4 that's now available on Disney+. Plus. We will be going into a little bit of spoilers out there. Some of it's not too surprising, especially if you've seen the movie Black Widow. But so far, I think it's been very good series, to be honest with you. I think it's been one of the better series of the Disney Plus Marvel series. I enjoyed this week. It's a filler episode. And every Disney Marvel series has had a filler episode where it's just doing a lot of character building and a lot of exposition, a lot of storytelling before they get you set up for the final two action-packed episodes. They're not going to really do much of that in those last two episodes. You can tell already because it's just going to be wall-to-wall action and, uh, you know, reveals and all that good stuff. But I wanted to go ahead and say that I thought this was a good filler episode. And I'm saying that in a positive way because of the fact you got to see more of the development of Hawkeye Clint Barton. And I really liked that aspect of it. You got to see how much of the years as a S.H.I.E.L.D. operative and as an Avenger, the dark side of it, as far as, you know, yes, you go ahead and save the universe, you go ahead and save the world, but you also take a lot of lives in doing so. And that start, you can see it. Jeremy Renner does a great job of showing how much it's eating away at him 
this life that he's had. Yeah, and I think every show, as we have learned from playing hours upon hours upon hours of D&D together, is that every once in a while you just need that shopping episode to... Have we uh, played D&D together for hours? Hours and hours, yeah, okay. and hours Okay. In hours. A lot. But, you know, it's it's good to have that. We call it a shopping episode, just where you get to go and just kind of mess around in town and get involved in some kind of hijinks and, and things like that. And it's a nice break for the characters. It's a nice break for the actors, I'm sure, to not have to be strapped into all of the contraptions that, you know, help you through car chases and all of that kind of stuff. And like as the, the episode accomplished, it, it's a great opportunity for us to get to know the characters a little bit more, give them a little bit more depth before we hit the floor running into a whole bunch more action. And it allows you to, to see a little bit more of the relationship of Clint Barton and also Kate Bishop. Yeah. They bonded a lot more in this episode and it proved to be something at the very end where he really starts to care about Kate Bishop and her safety Right. Making a promise earlier in the episode to Kate Bishop's mom, and we'll get to Kate Bishop's mom in a sec here, but that he would not put her in harm's way. And wouldn't you know, at the very end, huh. he does put her in harm's way. Yeah. So he realizes that and he kind of tries to cut the ties with Kate Bishop in order to protect her. We find out what the watch is all about. And with the watch, it, you know, it's hinted on that right. they finally recover it in Echo's apartment and that they go ahead and that they find out that the watch is most likely going to go ahead and reveal that it's it was part of Ronan. And the watch that was, again, not seen since episode one could tie into his family. So I think that's probably the reason why he's trying to get it back so desperately. So that's the reason why uh, for the watch's importance from episode one and people were going like where's what what happened to the watch what happened to the watch so now we know right. why the watch is so important we also know more about the relationship again about clint barton and kate bishop especially the fact that now it came out during the conversation as you saw that darker side of clint and he got to tell kate about the life he's lived as a superhero it also comes through and she figures it out that I know you were Ronan during that period of time. So she she wises up on the fact that he was Ronan during that five-year stretch. Right. The only thing that bothers me is that, mm -hmm. okay, yes, we, in the beginning, we do see Kate Bishop's mom, who is the head of a security firm, Bishop Security, right. and her mm -hmm. fiancé, Jack, who in the comics was the swordsman, who most likely be the swordsman because he handles the sword very nifty in this episode not fighting wise but holds it to uh, clint barton right there didn't know who he was at the beginning and then i guess uh, later on the sword still play an important role later on and possibly what we'll see the future from this jack we also find out that there's a direct tie-in between the tracksuit mafia and jack but the thing that bothers me and that's the, the only thing that i think that really stands out is that by now Kate Bishop or or Clint Barton should have brought up that Kate Bishop's mom, okay, you're going to marry this guy and you don't know he's into all this bad stuff yet. I just figured out through the computer system, through the Bishop security system, which is owned by Kate Bishop's mother, <laughs> that Jack, her fiance, is yes. associated with the tracksuit mafia, well, which is organized crime. 
So you know, denial isn't tells. just in, isn't just a river in Egypt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it does sounds like the denial. It is. It, uh, yeah. it just seems like that they haven't brought this up, and I understand they're going to bring this up as a surprise, as a shocking thing, and we pretty much alluded to the fact that she is most likely going to play Madame Mask, Vera Farmigna's character. Kate Bishop's mom is going to play Madame Mask from the comics at some point in time. But by this point, you should go ahead and start suspecting things. And yes. I think that should have been brought up at least in conversation. That's the only thing I think with this that I have not seen. It's the only major flaw I've seen with Hawkeye so far. But Overall, your experience with Hawkeye, I think, again, this was a great filler episode because you got to see, probably for the final time, some real bonding and connection and character Mm -hmm. building between the two major characters. But your thoughts on Hawkeye so far leading into the, I'm assuming, is a action-packed two episodes yeah I, and i think it's fair to to assume that and no i i for those people who were like i don't know hawkeye series i don't know if i'm gonna bother watching it shame on you you should go and watch it because it's been great i haven't seen anybody really have any huge problems with it you know nothing like that going through social media feeds and stuff everybody seems to be pretty positive about it if you are looking for a way to maybe escape the family over the holidays, perhaps put a pin in Hawkeye and just go and binge it and then come back to the party and you'll be fine. Well, what happens though, if I try to say that and they know I've already seen the actual series, you know, you're just rewatching it to get those Easter eggs and to make sure that you covered everything that needed to be covered. This is work research for you, Gerald. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. I now know my outs at the Christmas yes, party. Absolutely. There you go. There you go, indeed. (laughs) But it is Hawkeye. It is going to, I guess, uh, at this point in time, get to a more action-packed ending. But nonetheless, I think it's been a very good series so far. But if you have opinions on Hawkeye, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And tell us, do you have a favorite episode? How does the series match up to the other shows from the Marvel Disney Universe? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast so let me get this straight we're gonna play a like a video game together or well not exactly okay fine where's the controller oh that's it's it's right here this is literally a sheet of paper i don't understand what you here you're gonna need these two Dice? You've just had. Are these even dice? We are gonna play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's Nosferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, my friend, it's still much to talk about on today's show. And again, at the back half of the hour, we will have. Mr. Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge talking Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. But before we head to him, I want to go ahead and talk about three movies, which in different ways has debuted this week. Mm-hmm. One of those movies, first off, is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, which has been released to theaters nationwide here in the U.S. and in mm-hmm. several parts of the world where it has not been banned. Your thoughts on West Side Story. The reviews are extremely positive for Steven Spielberg's retelling of this this fantastic story, this awesome musical. And in a year where there's been a ton of musicals and not too many of them getting continued positive reviews, 
I want to hear your thoughts on West Side Story. Personally, West Side Story has never been on my must-watch list. I have to, I have to be honest with you, Gerald. Mm-hmm. However, with that said, I do have a, a few friends, a couple of them, who are very much into musicals and who are very much looking forward to seeing this one. And I've had a couple try to talk me into going to the theater to see it, so I may end up there. And one of them is Margie, who plays Helen on Vampires and Vitae. She was talking about it last week during our 20-minute break during the live stream and she was talking about how excited she was and and all of that kind of stuff so there's definitely an audience out there for this one i think that having spielberg as the director is i mean spielberg is the director who i mean there are people who don't like musicals who will go see it because he's the director yeah absolutely well his name now is one of the few directors that does wield that kind of power that does wield that kind of okay he's on the marquee i better go ahead and check this out because I'm going to say this. I don't know if everybody agrees with me, but I think he is the greatest director of all time. I think his his resume, I think, just qualifies as that. The different genres he's dabbled into. Yeah. No, he hasn't dabbled into superhero movies, and that's something that I guess is maybe the last beacon of where he wants to go outside of a Western. So I know he wants to go into a Western. He's talked about doing that. I don't think he'll ever do a superhero movie, but he has dabbled in almost every other kind of movie genre and exceeded expectations with many of them and and master some of the greatest films of all time so i i probably have to say he is he'll probably go down in history as the greatest director of all time yeah he's definitely up there that's for sure you know i may end up at theaters to see this one it won't be a you know self-initiated visit to the theater for this one. If I go, I'll be going to tag along with with a friend to check out the movie. Just because I'm I'm not huge into musicals and West Side Story, I don't really know a whole lot about it. So there is the inclusion of a transgender character, which is the reason why several countries in the Middle East have banned the movie, well, that's uh, which is something we yeah I know we have we've seen that already several times this yeah. year. And as Hollywood movies and movies in general get more inclusive, we are still going to see a backlash like this going forward from countries in the Middle East, China, and certain countries overseas. They're just going to go ahead and do it. You have to go ahead and acknowledge that. But your thoughts on it? I mean, I think that diversity is the way to go. I think we should go ahead and represent the world in a much more clearer fashion and be able to showcase everybody at some Absolutely. point in time you yeah. know but from all different walks of life and for others not to be able to see that on the screen because their their country bans it it's disappointing you gotta understand it you gotta say hey that's the way they're doing it that's the way they're doing it you wish that was different but it is what it is and i'm just glad that we're, we're seeing the kind of diversity on the screen that we are yeah, and it's even an improved version of diversity because we're not seeing people lean into those traditional stereotypes yeah. so much, which I think is probably even more important than just making sure that your cast is diverse. Uh, you know, not leaning into those typical stereotypes that we've been seeing for generations at this point and allowing characters to play as characters and not play as stereotypes, I think, is something that we're finally seeing and it's i'm i'm applauding for that one yeah and i know there's a controversy like earlier this year with into the heights which didn't i guess to a lot of people in cancel culture out there have enough diversity 
amongst the cast, talking about certain parts of, of certain cultures that were not represented enough. And I understand and I have to, and I respect that. So I guess that's why that that movie failed, even though it earned critical reviews and one of the few other musicals that has earned critical reviews. I mean, there's only three movies, I think, in the musical genre that has earned any kind of praise out there. Maybe Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield has also, maybe you could say that one as well, but Annette and West Side Story and also Into the Heights are the only four of these musicals. There's Because there's been a ton of musicals seemingly that have been released this year, and only a few of them have garnered any kind of critical praise. But I'll say this, West Side Story at least has a week before it gets destroyed by Spider-Man No Way Home. I think if I was the movie outlet that actually distributed this, I would have distributed this maybe like at Thanksgiving or maybe the week after because there was a two-week period of time where there was not really a whole lot out there. And Encanto was just getting whatever was left of the audience at that point in time. And a West Side Story, maybe if it was released maybe a week earlier or two weeks earlier, maybe it could have garnered a larger audience because with Spider-Man No Way Home and then The Matrix Resurrections coming right after it, yeah, I don't see much of an audience after its initial week for West Side Story. Maybe what? actually in its second week, but after that, I don't see much. Sure. And this could also be a bit of a, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to use this term incorrectly, it could be a bit of a litmus test to find out how to kind of take the temperature on superhero fatigue. Maybe they're hoping that perhaps people are a little bit tired of going to the movie to see another superhero movie, and maybe they will decide to go see this musical instead or or something along those lines. Maybe that's a little bit of their thinking. I don't know, but it's a pretty serious gamble, if you ask me. Yeah, it is a pretty serious gamble, but we'll see what happens. It is West Side Story. It is now out in theaters. It's being released worldwide, except for the countries that has been banned in due to its transgender character that's in the movie. If you have thoughts on West Side Story and are you heading to the movies to go check out West Side Story, which is getting a very strong rating right now on Metacritic, it has an 87, which is really, really good. So if you have any thoughts on West Side Story from Steven Spielberg, please share us your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com well there's still much more to talk about right now i want to go ahead and ask you this don't look up is not yet out on netflix but it is out in limited theater runs it's going to start that oscar push even though it's not even getting the kind of attention and from critical praise that i was thinking that it's all-star cast plus adam mckay who has been nominated before in the past as a director leonardo dicaprio I mean, you've got so many different actors that are in there. Jonah Hill, you've got so many different actors that are part of this. And unfortunately, the Don't Look Up movie, it's doing okay so far with critics, but it's just not where it needs to be. I think Jennifer Lawrence is in this. I mean, you've got an all-star cast. All I say is, what happened with Don't Look Up? (laughs) Well, I mean, just some of the reviews that I'm seeing. Don't look up review Armageddon in the age of idiocracy. (laughs) Uh, uh, What? Yeah. It's got a 51 on Metacritic, which is like right there. It's not, that's not great. So a scathing satire that occasionally veers off course. Ooh, that one's that's tough. That's, that's a tough one. Oh my gosh. I mean, a lot of it's satirical in its nature from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Could have been too, could have poked too much fun at itself. 
yeah, maybe. I'm just, yeah, um, the, the reviews there that I was just scrolling through, not looking good for that one. Yeah, not looking good for it. At least it's not going to get a lot of Oscar buzz behind it, even though it has such a star-studded cast. And I know it was yeah. very expensive. I know the the contracts involved and the price tag Netflix had to pay to go ahead and get this movie made because you've got so many of these, these Oscar-worthy actors in there. you got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett. you got Rob Morgan. You've got Jonah Hill. you got Meryl Streep in there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> My gosh, you've got yeah, so many great actors and actresses yeah. as a part of this. And it's a shame, you know, you've got even the director, Adam McKay, who's done great things already in, as a director. It looks like it's just one of those situations where, unfortunately, whatever happened, it didn't happen well enough. So Don't Look Up is coming to Netflix on Christmas, but right now it's out and available in limited fashion in theaters. So if you're going to check out Don't Look Up, don't look up now, but don't look up is at theaters and will soon be on Netflix. So please check it out. And if you have any thoughts on it, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, Melinda, speaking of Netflix, their number one movie right now is with Benedict Cumberbatch. And no, it isn't Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's something that a lot of people are interested in and most likely will get a lot of advanced notice and advanced acclaim because it is the number one movie on Netflix and it is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. And that is The Power of the Dog. So I want to hear your thoughts on The Power of the Dog. This is a Western type deal. And what's funny is, is that the supporting characters should be very familiar. Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst, who happen to be married in real life. They happen oh. to not only get into a movie that features them as supporting characters to Benedict Cumberbatch, but they're in a movie that is now listed as an 88 on Metacritic and could be a frontrunner for the Oscars. Sure. Are we seeing people trying to bring Westerns back? Is that, what, is that what's happening this year? Well, it just, it's like a vicious cycle. It comes back around, okay, and then people start leaving it. They get tired of Westerns, and then it just comes back. Or sci-fi movies, maybe sci-fi movies will go dormant for a while, and then people want to come back and circle back to sci-fis. And I'm sure that will happen eventually for superhero movies. Maybe not this decade, but at some point in time, people will get tired of superhero movies, just, just like they did in the early 2000s after what Robbie was saying about Daredevil and Elektra and all that. But there yeah. were so many bad superhero movies in the early part of the 2000s that it took Batman Begins and movies of the mid-2000s. They took that to really spark the, back the genre back up because the you know right at the beginning of the century, you had so many bad superhero movies so it's like eh superhero movies are are not really the way to go so you saw hollywood circle around i mean it's just with all these genres rom-coms rom-coms were something that yeah. were a part of the early 2000s which almost died a horrible death in the in the last decade i have a feeling they'll come back around i mean i think all these genres are are really going to go ahead and do a cycle but the power of the dog is getting a lot of acclaim Benedict Cumberbatch is getting a lot of acclaim. I really think that this is a good sign. It's very popular on Netflix. In fact, it was trending at number one. You know, it, it surpassed Red Notice, which is the all-time Netflix leader. So I want to hear your thoughts on The Power of the Dog before we head to the break. 
I enjoy Western and I am excited to see Benedict Cumberbatch in a Western. I think that that's going to be really interesting. And I will watch this movie and I will probably watch it. I want to say sometime between now and Sunday. I don't know what my timetable looks like for my TV viewing for the rest of the week, but I know she's pretty full. I feel like there's a lot I need to get caught up on, but yeah, I, I always have time to watch a Western. Even bad ones to me are still kind of good. Perhaps that's a little bit of nostalgia, you know, watching movies with my dad or whatever when I was a kid. But no, if we're at the very start of a little bit of a Western revival, I'm here for it. I'm okay with it. That's good because, again, I think a lot of people are okay for it too because we're now seeing a lot of people getting behind the power of the dog and its power on Netflix as the number one trending movie on Netflix, surpassing Red Notice as the current number one, not the all-time number one, because Red Notice just passed that up last week as the all-time viewed movie. I actually got a chance to see Red Notice. It is not as bad as the 37 Metascore that it currently has. Now, mind you, I would put it at around a 50, personally, if that was the case, but it, it is watchable which is more than I can say for some of the movies that we'll be talking about, I'm sure, later on this month as the best and worst of 2021 comes up for us. But yes, it's something that I think, okay, it's time filler. It's a cheesy popcorn flick. And there you go, catch it. But it is Red Notice that's out on Netflix as well. But do you have thoughts out there on Red Notice? Don't Look Up, which is coming out later to Netflix this month, but it's available in theaters now. West Side Story? And the power of the dog. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up after the break, it is Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. He's going to be talking lots of Marvel. So if you're into superheroes, he's going to be getting you up to speed on his thoughts on Hawkeye, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man No Way Home, and more. It is Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge coming up after the break. This is the PCD Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV. Canada. And we're back on the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Tell you what, there's so much going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now with the Eternals still out there in theaters and heading to Disney Plus next month. And also as well, we've got Spider-Man No Way Home coming around the corner. Plus also we've got in the middle, Hawkeye, the series continuing. There's still so much to talk about in the MCU. And who better to go ahead and give us that explainer on what's going on, his thoughts on everything MCU, than the man behind the MCU's Bleeding Edge, one half of the tag team duo. you got to go ahead and catch them and all their great guests at the MCU's Bleeding Edge. It is Jeff Sloboda. And Jeff, welcome back. Glad to have you here talking MCU. It's really great to be here, as always, Gerald. But it is Hawkeye. So far with Hawkeye, I've been having a decent time with it. I think the chemistry between Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner, it's there. I believe what I'm seeing. I know that there's this, you know, obviously Disney and Marvel's way of giving the baton, per se, 
from one individual Hawkeye to another because one Hawkeye you'll be seeing less of and one Hawkeye you'll be seeing more of in the not too distant future in the MCU. It doesn't sound like you're displeased with what you've seen so far. No, I mean, look, it's crazy to think that there's only three episodes left. It's This is the quickest, because of the way that they grouped those first two episodes, this is going to be the quickest Disney Plus series we've gotten so far. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a different vibe. I feel like there's still a lot left to be unveiled and unpacked in these last three episodes. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe we end up with a situation where maybe the last episode or the, or the last two are an hour long. Or, or 50 minutes long or something like that, a la like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, and uh, kind of Loki and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really optimistic about where things are going based off what we've seen in the first three episodes. I think that uh, that is Kingpin. That arm was pretty meaty. It looked like a Kingpin arm to me. So if, if I was if I was going to bet, I'd bet that we will catch Vincent D'Onofrio at some point in some kind of cameo or something as Echo's stepfather um and uncle hey, uncle 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 i'm sorry pseudo stepfather in the comics yes. so and then you know um I, I feel like there's 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 definitely a a mystery angle to things of to the episode to the show that's you know there's they're covering different genres almost with yeah. the series you know like they're kind of stretching them out i wouldn't be surprised if we don't maybe end up getting a second season of this We'll see. Again, as I reported on your show, some of the feedback on the ratings uh, is not exactly as pleasant as you would like to hear because instead of the bump up from Loki, they're actually viewing right now a little bit less than all three of the other Marvel main shows. They're right, actually, I think they're right around what What If, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or a little bit higher than What If, but not as high as the other three live action shows so far. So again, I would love to see a season two of this. I don't know how much Jeremy Renner is committed to it. He, the only thing I've heard him saying about a future going forward is that he'd love to be a part of the West Coast Adventures and love to leave that. Other than that, I haven't heard about him wanting to stay within the confines of the MCU. And of course, with the MCU, it's all about transitioning from one Avengers group to another young Avengers group. Well, that would course. be, Gerald, I'll tell you, that would be absolutely, it, just the idea of it, it would be crazy if they ever actually did a West Coast and East Coast Avengers if they gave us two Avengers teams instead of just one, that would be literally like out of the universe. And then you've got the young Avengers. You've got the Thunderbolts that they're trying to go ahead and assimilate now as well at the same time. So all these different kind of components, both good and evil, it's very good that they're still trying to incorporate. And that's what you know these shows do. Not only are they serving to go ahead and tell you a little bit more about Hawkeye, but also as well introduce you to Kate Bishop. They're also trying to go ahead and introduce you to a ton of other characters with Kazi, the clown, also with Echo, who's going to get her own show coming up. You said reintroduce you to Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, remind you that Yelena Belova is still somewhere lurking around. And then you've got Madame Mask, and then you've got the swordsman possibly playing roles into this too, that could be popping up at any point in time. So it's very intriguing what this the show in just six episodes is trying to do and what it has to accomplish. And as I said on your show, again, I admire what it's trying to do. It's similar to what the Eternals, the Eternals had, you know, the movie itself, and we'll get into the Eternals next. The Eternals had so much to do. And I understand with a lot of people, it didn't resonate because again, it had so much to do, but I think like Hawkeye, I think it did an okay job so far of what it was trying to do. And with the Eternals, 
I'm not going to go ahead and down on it. I know a lot of people are. I know it's the MCU's lowest rated film and whatnot, but I had a decent time with the Eternals. I thought it was okay. And I think it sets up for a future and I don't mind seeing a future for the Eternals. I'd be a little pessimistic about there being any kind of future for them as a franchise, that group. I don't see it happening personally. That's just my take on it. I don't, I don't see, I see certain characters evolving their way into the MCU. Well, the only way I say, I see that maybe being the case is the fact that, you know, they've had a love for Ant-Man and Ant-Man has never been the big box office draw at any point in time with either of the two films previously. They've been the lower echelon of ranking films and yet they still will make a third movie i have a feeling that they're going to stick to their guns eternals because they're not going to do what they did with the eternals what they did with the inhumans they will at least tell the story maybe they will actually transition it to a disney plus and maybe not make it a feature film but they will eventually tell you the entire story of the eternals i'm pretty sure of it. hey you know what i mean we'll have to see what ends up happening but as far as the film itself goes my thing with it really was that i walked away feeling like they didn't get as much out of the talent that they had on hand in terms of the actors and actresses. I think they didn't get as much out of them as they could have gotten them in their characters. Yeah. The character building, because there's so many characters, you can't really tell the story of every one of them. You you know, a lot of them were like, you know, just literally a lot of uh, a great majority of the characters were not, able to go ahead and tell a complete story they were just kind of side characters and yet these characters each of the Eternals has their own full-fledged backstory that you could go ahead and delve into yes and then you know certain characters like Makari and Druig didn't stand out to me until right at the end of the film which was kind of weird you know what I mean like you know I know it's an ensemble deal I understood that and there are a lot of them honestly the biggest highlight for me out of the whole movie as far as the positives I took from it were Blade popping up in that end credit scene with the Black Knight and the Ebony Blade and everything. That was absolutely awesome. It's not the lowest, and it's not the highest. It's somewhere in there, so if you want to go ahead and check it out. In fact, all the movies that have come out this year have been okay. Nothing great, nothing terrible. I know a lot of people have been saying otherwise with with Black Widow and the Eternals have not met their expectations, but again, it's something I still think people should check out and see, but We'll see what happens with the final Marvel-related movie coming out in 2021 here next week in Spider-Man No Way Home. I know everybody's looking forward to it. With Spider-Man No Way Home, at least I'm expecting a billion dollars, maybe 900, 800 million, but I'm expecting it by the end of its run to be the number one movie released, even ahead of the... Chinese domestic movies that have garnered in the $700, $800 million range already, I'm expecting it to be even then. I don't know if I'd put money on hitting that billion-dollar mark. We'll have to see. Of course, these are, you know, strange times, unfortunately, with with the cinemas, with the movies. We know it's going to do well at the end of the day. They've dumped a lot of trailers. Right now, the the top movie worldwide is The Battle at Lake Shangjing, which is a domestic China movie that has made almost 900 million dollars in china do you think it will beat that in china or here in the u.s no, in china so we're talking about a worldwide number if Whoa, spider-man no worldwide home. yes i i think i think it'll eclipse that 900 million i do okay well that's again that's i think it will probably do that I th- worldwide 
And, you know, obviously that's a big number. U.S., no, it's not going to make, nothing is going to make a billion dollars in one country unless it's China at this point in time, because, you know, the American audience is still fractured as far as the number of individuals going to the theater and staying away from the theater. So we'll see what happens there. But I think collectively that it will probably do by the end of its run, not in 2021, but by the end of its run, do a billion dollars at the box office. At least I'm, I'm counting on that. So we'll see what happens there. But We've seen the trailers, my friend. Oh man, they're We've good. Seen the inferences, they're good. They're, I mean, your you th- wanna... thoughts, man. Your thoughts it, on Spider-Man? They no might be home. some of the best trailers. Those trailers that they've released have been probably the best MCU trailers I've seen since Endgame and Infinity War. I know for a fact that they haven't packed everything that there is to this movie in those trailers. There's going to be other stuff that's going to occur during the film that's going to be a surprise. They're not going to spill all of it, I don't think, in in these trailers. But what they've given us so far to me, just looks awesome. I mean, the collection of villains are just such a great collection of classic Spider-Man comic book villains, like name brand villains of his, that as a Spider-Man fan, which there's a lot of them, and a Tom Holland fan, I'm excited, and I hope that they do give him another trilogy. It's funny how this works out, my friend, and I'll just leave it with this. Funny how that works out, because at the beginning of the press cycle, when Tom Holland's on it, because he's already on that press cycle, he started having comments where he said, well, I'm not sure that this might be my last one as far as a Spider-Man's concerned. Yeah, then right. It kind of like festered a couple weeks. And then you hear the rumors that he signed a new contract. Amy Pascal saying, yes, there's still a Spider-Man trilogy to come for him. And now he's being questioned on and he now gives you this court grin. So I would say that's probably very shrewd. I know he's always, we always talked about him leaking spoilers, but this time, it worked to his financial benefit, if that's the case, about how coy he was as far as his future is concerned, because he was acting like he was burnt out. He's acting like he's, he's had enough of the Spider-Man costume and the Spider-Man routine. And all of a sudden, you hear him getting a new contract for an additional three Spider-Mans at least going forward. So he I have seems a like a pretty, He seems like a pretty astute young man. It wouldn't surprise me if it, he wouldn't have it in him to try to kind of do something like that. Just oh, yeah. to kind of, you know, look, you got to play the game when it comes to the media and the internet and, you know, everything being three seconds away from us and whatnot, you know, the 24-hour news aspect. But at the end of the day, look, you don't have to have 127 IQ or be in Mensa to figure out that it would not be a good idea for Tom Holland to walk away from Spider-Man. True. Very true indeed. But once again, it is Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Please catch his shows on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcast. One last question, and I'll go ahead and give you the floor to go ahead and tell everybody why everybody needs to check out the MCU's Bleeding Edge, besides my appearance on it. And that is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Part one. We got a chance to go ahead and check out the first footage from the film. It wasn't a trailer. It was actual footage that is going to be used in the film, which I kind of like that aspect of it. Now, mind you, it's still 10 months away, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing so far from the sequel to the Academy Award winning best animation movie that the first one was. So I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's not my necessarily my medium when it comes to the animation and whatnot and everything, you know? It's cool, I enjoy it and everything, but I don't get as overly excited about some other fans do. But no, I think it'll probably be really good. And it would not surprise me if they end up introducing the Morales character 
into the MCU at some point down the road. You know, I could I could see them potentially doing something with Miles Morales and having him pop up in the MCU in some way. I'll tell you what, it's very exciting to be a part again of the MCU. I know a lot of people were burning out on it and some people were really hesitant about getting into the TV series, but it's been a good year for Marvel, at least on the back end, about getting back into the MCU. It may not have been the best year that they've had, but still, I think there's a lot of promising signs going forward for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But before we head on out, it is the MCU's bleeding edge. Please, Jeff, please give us the lowdown on what you're doing at the MCU's bleeding edge. Well, there have been some people that have pretty much that that have flat out given up on the MCU, unfortunately, out there. I have seen some voices and seen some people on YouTube and whatnot that are like, it's over. You know what I mean? Like the dynasty or whatever, or like the uh, the success or that, that level of success is is fading or whatever. I don't believe it. Just like in life. There's always going to be ups and downs, and Marvel Studios is not impervious from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's going to be lulls. So, you know, at the end of the day, I remain optimistic, and I'm very optimistic about the MCU's bleeding edge. As I mentioned before, we do go off every Wednesday evening at 9.05 p.m. Eastern, 6.05 p.m. Pacific. That's our main show. I've been making some more content, making some, having some different shows during the week and on the weekends and stuff, too, just to kind of like have more videos, have more content out there for people. We're with Geek News Now Network now. That's like our biggest thing that's that's happened, that's occurred. We signed up with them. They approached us to come onto their roster and add to their content creation talent that they already had on hand. And it's already worked out really great. It's definitely widening our audience. And we've had exposure to a lot of different people on GNN, other YouTubers, other content creators that now have guested on the show and we had a really good time with Gerald. He was definitely a great guest on the show. But yeah, if you want to have a good time and you and you like your Marvel with a little bit of an edge, then we're definitely the spot for it. Once again, it's Jeff Sloboda. Catch him and all the other great guests that they have that are all over the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Join him each and every week as they go in detail in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right there at the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Well, Jeff, it's been great having you on the show again talking marvel cinematic universe looking forward like you are to spider-man no way home i am shopping ebay as i speak looking for those tickets right there for you i'm thinking i'm going to spend no i'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on spider-man no way home but i will tell you what my friend i will be going ahead and checking out the movie nonetheless i don't think i'll be able to get at the six dollars that josh did but maybe i can beat the 20 something dollars i don't know here in las vegas it's not much cheaper so we'll see what yeah, happens you know somebody out there at some point has spent a thousand dollars on something worse than spider-man no way home so well, I mean... that's true and josh has verified that people have purchased some of those one thousand dollar plus tickets so you know what hey that's your money what you want to do with it knock yourself out that's but capitalism you, baby that is capitalism <laughs> indeed but jeff it's been great to have you part of the program once again. Always good to have you a part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. 
Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's the PC Multiverse. want to thank Jeff Sloboda so much from the MCU's Bleeding Edge for stopping by on the program. Melinda and I have got a little bit more to talk about on today's show. Again, if you're interested in the winners for the Game Awards, we'll have the list that will be available on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Also check out Josh's thoughts on Halo Infinite. That's coming up on the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos. So I'm looking forward to that amongst other pop culture topics. But before we head on out, Melinda, I wanted to ask you this. Was Sex in the City ever popular with you on HBO? I was not a super fan of it. I found Carrie to be, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Please don't at me because I don't want to get into a Twitter fight about Sex in the City. Like, please don't. But I found Carrie to be obnoxious. I found her to be whiny. Just, I don't know. There was just something about the show. You and Kim Cattrall in real life. I'll just say that. And she's also Canadian, so maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Maybe there is. But will I catch an episode or two of this? Sure. I'll pop in to see what's going on. Do I plan on watching the entire thing? No, but, you know, I I may tune in and be pleasantly surprised. There might be something more appealing about an older version of all of those characters versus, you know, uh, being young and single and running around New York City. I don't know. I will definitely give it. At least two episodes. I try to give everything at least three episodes. And if I can get through two and I'm still enjoying it, it will at least get the third episode. I don't know that I'm going to watch the whole thing, though. Well, the sequel or the spiritual sequel or whatever you want to call it is called And Just Like That. It features three of the four famous ladies from Sex and the City plus Mr. Big. Chris Noth. He's back in it again. But the character I'm think that garnered a lot of the attention i know sarah jessica parker's character is just you know she's obviously the lead and everybody was following her lead and everything of that nature but yeah to not have kim cattrall's character in there because yeah. the the real life feud that she yeah. has with sarah jessica parker which is very sad to see by the way and i'm very disappointed because the fact that i think that this show clicks when all four ladies are in there i think part of the reason why that this show is not garnering the positive reviews or enough of the positive reviews that are out there for, because it's right now very mixed when you check it out on Metacritic and Ron Tomatoes and all that stuff is the fact that Kim Cattrall's presence is not there. It's just Kim Cattrall casts a shadow over the entire series by her not being there because of the feud, the real life feud that she has with Sarah Jessica Parker. I think that to me, that is a big issue why this show may or may not succeed. I think if people are not able to get by the fact that she's not there, I think this show will have a hard time in succeeding for any length of time. It might succeed, and I wish it all the best of luck, but I don't know. That's a hard and tall thing to ask as far as having such a memorable character not be part of the show. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It was like uh, when Jerry left the Spice Girls. It just wasn't the same. Yeah. Just yeah. uh, there you go. Great analogy indeed. But it is, and just like that, are you gonna be catching and just like that on HBO Max? Please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Speaking of Netflix, as we did earlier in the show, wanted to go ahead and give a shout out to something under the radar, so to speak, have been reaping some some good praise on, and that's the ending season of Lost in Space, which never really hit the heights I think that it wanted to. 
yeah. even in his first season because the first season got a lot of hype and actually we hyped it a lot on this show way back when but your thoughts on lost in space i know it's something that a lot of people started watching and then just kind of got off on it just didn't seem to stay with the viewers but your thoughts on lost in space as yeah, we write was... an epitaph for this show yeah, I was definitely one of those people. I watched the first season and then the second season came out and I was just busy watching other things and I never went back to it. Now, in retrospect, I plan on going back and, and catching the second season, which means I'm probably going to have to go back and start from the very beginning. Maybe that's another opportunity for you to avoid family over the holidays. Sorry, I'm catching up on Lost in Space. There Let's talk about what's important here. That's probably going to be a little bit of what I do. There's four whole days where I have nothing to do over the holidays, and uh, I plan on packing in some pretty quality TV time. Oh my gosh, what will you and Robbie Ross do? I'm I, not sure. I, I, I don't I'm know. Sure. We're sit sitting around and staring at each other with nothing to do. It's going to be really weird. <laughs> There's a lot I could say there, but I won't. <laughs> but it is Lost in Space. It has ended its series after three seasons, but the third season is now available on Netflix. And if you have thoughts, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, Melinda, it's been a great show. I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. But before we head on out, I want to lead a show. In fact, this month, we've been trying to go ahead on our show, going ahead and make sure everybody knows about some good news because we don't have enough good news in our lives, but sure. good news for 2021 is something that came out of left field that really surprised us. And last week we talked about the Marvel shows being of great quality, being of quality that I think that we weren't sure we were going to get and ultimately mm -hmm. were pleasantly surprised upon with several of the series that have done really well and I think have exceeded our expectations as a whole and have been really qualified to go ahead and be part of the MCU in its entirety. This week, I want to talk about a worldwide sensation that came out of left field. And I will say for a country that in recent years, its entertainment value has just grown exponentially with the success of K-pop, BTS yes. mm -hmm. has been incredible. And I have to say, I have nothing but to say, but good things for about BTS as far as their success and wish them continued success. I know their fan base is a very rabid bunch and they're just really supportive. And that's great to see Parasite, which won the best picture, which was truly a great film. It was one of my best films the year it came out. So I cannot say enough good things about Parasite. But this country, South Korea, has created another huge entertainment property. And it just got announced today that Squid Game is the most tweeted about entertainment property of 2021. And not only that, it's the most watched property, yeah. even above Red Notice on Netflix. It's been, I think I stopped counting it over well over 150 million unique viewers have watched some part of the Squid Game. This has been a success story like no other. And you and I actually caught on to the train. And remember when I started talking about it? And mm -hmm. I remember when I sent you that message. I think I sent you a PM late at night. I said, hey, check up on the Squid Game. You got to go ahead and check up on the Squid Game on. because I think it's well worth watching. Really some, some dark themes about humanity. Mm -hmm. about, you know, you can go ahead and get the Squid Game t-shirts and the Squid Game costumes and all this stuff right now because they finally were able to hit the store shelves. And yes. I want to hear your thoughts on Squid Game and how it has just captivated our attention worldwide. Yeah, it really has. And it's, uh, I, I think that there are 
a number of elements in this unbelievable show that we all have a level of relation to. I, I think that we all understand debt. <laughs> we all understand debt perhaps getting a little bit out of control and getting us into trouble. Perhaps Squid Game could be, well, no, I don't want to go too far into that because I don't want to suddenly be facing an audit. But, <laughs> you know, I that's think- the IRS right there at your door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Melinda. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that Squid Game was one of those, oh my God, I hope that this never actually happens. I hope that this is as far away from reality as it could possibly get. But at the same time, could I get through it? Could I do it? I think is is a question that is just kind of left hanging uncomfortably in the middle of the room when you're watching that show. I just see that. I can just relive that first that first real big scene where you find out exactly, you know, what's going on and, you know, the death that happens in that first area with yeah. you know so many people dying and i could just see you and robbie ross your husband who's <laughs> been on the show standing next to each other and then they giving the announcement and all that and i could just see as the gunfire started happening you putting you know you pushing him into the fray you're on your own buddy you're on your own <laughs> not in a million years oh, oh okay, come okay, on okay, now okay. no it's we all like about the money it's all about the money sorry honey <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we I'm like kidding, each other I'm way kidding. too much for that to be a thing. But no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. I see. I would have handed him the lighter to light the needle to be able to scratch out the honeycomb shape. Okay. Okay. See? All that's, right. Now, now I see where it's going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all about the cash. It's all about the cash. But what if it was down to you too on the Squid Game and uh, you know the millions? We would just agree that we were done playing because that was an option the whole time. Yeah, but then you won't get the millions. That's okay. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Yes. We'll just, we'll work with our creditors to try to straighten out the situation. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll see how it is. Say that's, it's nice to see that what tens of millions of dollars does not come between you and your husband. That's that's his opinion might be different. I don't know, but (laughs) maybe I should find that out before we sign up for a game. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. But, you know, it is some good news this year as the worldwide phenomenon Squid Game just killed it on Netflix worldwide. And I'm looking forward to a season two of Squid Game because, you know, they got to do it now. You know, Netflix is just like writing a blank check saying you got to go ahead and produce it now. But we'll see what happens. But it is good news for Squid Game. If you have final thoughts this year on Squid Game and how it captivated the world, if you can't stand Squid Game, if you enjoyed Squid Game, please, either which way you want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Melinda, it's been a great show. I cannot thank you enough as always. Any last thoughts on the way out? If you haven't watched Squid Game, do that. If you're looking for like the anti-Christmas feels, <laughs> Squid Game, it's going to work. How's that for a pitch? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I'm just, I'm just in awe right You're now. Silence. I'm sorry. No, I, yeah. If you haven't watched Squid Game, do give that one a shot. It, it is as good as everybody says that it is. Very much agreed. And also understanding that there is no amount of money that will separate the lovebirds known as Melinda and Rob. And At least I'm hoping there's no amount. I mean, once you start getting up to the hundred million dollar mark, I don't know, maybe, but... 70 million? Nah. I'm good. Fair enough. Fair enough. We now know the price limit. 
Yeah. Rob, watch your back. Watch your back, yeah, right. Matt. Watch yeah. your back. No, I'm just kidding. No. Sure you are. <laughs> Don't tell him. Okay, okay. <laughs> so for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glasser. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're getting me into so much trouble. Don't I always? <laughs>